in this episode of Movie Roll as we talk about poor things and next goal wins. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And yesterday as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or back and airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Greetings. We're going to discuss two shiny new movies which have uh, big aspirations. But first of all, we need Yasti to confess publicly. What? He did Ooh. a shameful thing. I did. See, Joe does, does this to me all the time. He comes in and he'll By say, way, you're really naughty. I found what, found out what you did. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know about. what it's you're talking shame. about, but I'm not shamed about it. But when Joe's it, saying it, look, it's Joe it's looks nobody guilty. Nobody put a gun to my hand. <laughs> to look, my head. Yeah. It, it's a shameful thing of which I am envious. <laughs> I know. It's I a shameful oh, thing. I know. Wish, okay. It's a shameful thing. I know where he's going to, now. I wish to do. Well, had you told had you guys, had you told me, I would have called you, and we could have both done the shameful thing oh. together. I know. <laughs> Two of us walking around. Yes. Tell us all about Taylor Swift era's tour, Yazdi. <laughs> so I I'm not a Swifty, but I do like her songs. And as we were talking the other day, a Swifter. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm a Swifter cleaning up, uh, uh, cleaning up the the cobwebs in my head. No, but I, you know, off late I've been, you know, because this has been the year of Taylor Swift. The Grammy nominations were just announced, and she's breaking records with all kinds of stuff. And of course, her tour is doing like. I'm sure she's going to be like Person of the Year this year. Yeah. If it's someone, she if is. it's a non-newsworthy, right. you know, non-news. And her tours made more money than any other tour, any other musician and recorded history and all of this. But off late, I, I should say in 2022 and 2023, I've come to the realization that listening at some of her lyrics that we kind of underestimate her as a songwriter. Like she, some, her, her song lyrics are legitimately clever. They are very, very good. So I've had this slowly gaining appreciation for Taylor Swift and then the era's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The era's uh, movie came out and it was three weeks and I finished Meals on Wheels yesterday and I was in Poway at the AMC and they were showing it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> so there I was at a 12.30 screening with you know, 78 other little girls and their moms. And that was me watching <laughs> um, Taylor Swift, the heiress tour. Excellent. Yes. No, I, I, I must admit, I, I was jibing about that, uh, the shameful thing. I'm a huge Swifty. Um, I've had Midnight's on repeat um, yes. pretty much most of the year since yeah. it came out. So, Yasdi, tell us all about eras. Yeah, what was it like? I, I, it's because, on my list. We and just here's the other thing. To go to it. I, I remember this week, and we're going to talk about it. We were in a movie screening, and it was playing next door, and it was booming mm. so loudly. Is that how it felt? Like, it, we could hear the reverb. So, I don't a, know if it was the theater I was, but... but it was not booming. So I think I almost wanted it to boom. Oh. So that, so uh, here's the thing. So she's been very clever because it's called the Eras Tour and it covers all of her albums over the last 17 years. And it's long, uh, right? It's, I think the actual show is three and a half hours and the movie is two hours and 48 minutes. Okay. So I think they've cut, they've very judiciously edited some bits. I was just reading this morning 
that some of the songs, one of the songs is my favorite, actually got cut from the movie. But oh, which she does one? Play. Which is your it's favorite called Cardigan. Song? Oh, I don't know that one. And it's from her uh, Evermore, which came out last last uh, last year. Um, so so it's a three hour long movie. Um, it the three hours go by very quickly. There is nothing which is done in the movie by way of music show live recordings, which is exceptional, right? There's nothing about, um, it's very crisp. Uh, it's shot in very high resolution. So you feel like, you know, when the camera is on her face, you feel like you're looking at her. Um, and also there's a lot of, obviously now, there's lots of drone shots, right? Okay. Coming coming in, coming out. So I think that's very good. So I think the movie has to, or, or at least the, yeah, the movie has to rely on the grandeur of her of her tour itself and it's it shot at the sofi stadium in los angeles and mm. i've not been to it now i want to go see it because what they're able i don't I, I doubt they're able to achieve that at every one of the venues but just the the ingenuity of how so the entire stage is like a giant x like an like a christ x and then there is a screen at the back and all of it is completely um, video based so it, there can be things happening on the floor there can oh, be things wow. happening at the wall and so they've done exceptional good use of it here's what I will say I'm not as familiar with her early work right uh, so the first hour the puppy country I, stuff kind of or even her early albums I didn't know a single song and so the first hour and a half I was engaged, but I was like, mm, what's the big deal? And, and it's then, just her on stage singing. It's not like... Pretty much. That's it. It's that's literally it. like going to a concert. It's literally like going to a concert. Uh, I thought it was going to be like bits of her talking and saying, I'm getting ready now. No, and, no. Uh, it's literally... one like that. Not, yeah. Not Miss Americana. There's another... Maybe there's a Janet Jackson type one like that. Maybe. I don't know. So anyway, it just starts with her singing. And in between songs, she, she, does, a little bit of ban she does a little bit of banter. But this is what... Once she kicked in, and once I knew all the songs, I was like, she doesn't pause. Or maybe it's been edited to seem like she doesn't pause. And more than anything else, I came away with a real appreciation of her stamina. I mean, she is, if she, do, I mean, she must, I don't know, accrue, I don't know, 100,000 steps during every concert. Wow. Because she is like sashaying back and forth on that stage with her whole you know, group of people back and forth, back and forth. And she's jumping around. I don't want to ruin it, but there is one piece which I don't know how they did it. Like, uh, anyway, I don't want to ruin it. But so there's a lot of physical activity. And it seems it seems to me a couple songs were maybe lip synced, but all the rest she is singing. And there is a part where she does this. She says, this is the acoustic version of my show. And she sings like four songs. It's just her and her guitar. Wow. And I was like, I don't know how she can do it. Her voice doesn't falter. I don't think 10 years from now she'll be able to do something of this. Just you need the physical stamina to yeah, do it. Yeah, a 30-year-old. How old is she? Mm -hmm. She's, yeah, 30, she's like, late yeah. 20s, early 30s. So, um, And she is irrepressible. She's just singing those songs out. Um how, what was the audience like? Because I keep hearing about uh, so my, people getting upset with the audiences for like jumping up and dancing in the aisles and all of that kind of fun. stuff. That's fun. No, 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 but some people are getting yeah. annoyed by it. Just, I think if I went for a later, like, I think her, her movie is only on weekends because Taylor Swift doesn't want kids to go during school night or whatever. <laughs> but but I think I went for the... thoughtful for a money-making pop star. Huh. But I went for the 1230 show and it was mostly all little kids. I think if I went for, if, if any of you went for a later evening show, there would be an older crowd, like teenagers maybe, or, you know, people in their 20s. I've seen people dressed up. 
to dress to the nines yeah, to yeah. go so see this was this, mostly like, like little girls who their moms had brought to watch so they they were not jumping out of this after the song and screaming so um anyway this is not uh, a podcast on on taylor <laughs> swift but i came away with even more appreciation for her and and some of her songs she does the 10 minute version of uh Oh, see, this is why I, I, I don't know all her stuff. It's called Live to Tell. No, it's called Only Well. Anyway, th- th- there's a ten. There was in one of her albums. Okay, now all the Swifties are going to come at me. I in, know we might get some hate mail for the first time. In one in one of her songs, there was she had a favorite song, which was a three minute version, and it never became a single. And she loved that song, but her fans picked up on it. And since then, she she told them that she actually wrote like seven more verses for that song, and so it became a ten minute version. And that ten minute version, when Taylor Swift famously re-recorded her albums, the ten minute version is on it, and she sings that ten minute version song, amazing lyrics. So um, she's the real thing. I mean, yeah. is she the best singer in the world? Not even remotely by a margin. I mean, her her voice doesn't have any strength. Uh, but mm. it's very, very adequate. I mean, by strength, I mean, she can't hit the Mariah Carey notes, right? She cannot hit the Whitney Houston notes. But for the song she sings, her throat is strong. I mean, she really can do this. If she can do all of this in one night, you know, all power to her. And her songwriting is, again, I'm convinced it's yeah. really top of the line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, super stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rashmi. Let's um, add so that I'm to gonna, our list. I'm, oh, I thought you were asking me to do mine. <laughs> no, well, that was not a Netflix pick because we, we didn't get there yet. Oh, gosh, asking, sorry. I was just asking Yasli to briefly wow. describe his Taylor Swift and, and that he did. Um, okay, let's move on with the podcast because we do have a lot to cover. We're gonna I'm do sorry, some Netflix that 10-minute song is called All Too Well. Oh. <laughs> not Live to Tell, but All Too Well. Live to Tell is a Madonna song. Yes. song. <laughs> yes. Sorry, go on. That's okay. So let's quickly pivot to our segment i can't can't find find anything anything to watch on vod which we haven't done in a podcast or two uh and this is where we tell you some video on demand picks that have been in our queues so rashmi you seemed prime i'm ready ready. i'm ready and i know we're on a time limit so go for it um my pick, th- sticking with the musical theme, is the documentary Millie Vanilli, which is available on Paramount+. Plus. And for those who don't remember, Millie Vanilli was that controversial group mm-hmm. that was around in the early 90s. And they ended up being found out for lip syncing. And, you know, they were very, very famous and made lots of money. Anyway, this is the documentary. This is um, directed by Luke Corum and it stars... Rob Pilatus and Fabrice Morvan, who were the two front men of Millie Vanilli. And it tells a really good story. And um, yeah, it's really worth watching. Not just because they were 90s icons, but because it tells you about the dark side of the recording business and how business gets done. And it's, it's kind of like a, not a... It's kind of almost like a thriller at times. Yeah, no, um, I, really enjoyable. I watched this with you, and um, yeah, what I'll say is, it, 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 it's really more about the recording industry than it is. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's their story, but um, you know, artists used to have to sign, and I'm sure they still do, awful, awful con- binding contracts uh, to get what they want, which is fame. And these were literally a couple of starving artists. They they did do their own kind of sing, singing and, and dancing, but they weren't allowed to do that in order to get this particular contract. They were good-looking guys, and the guy thought they could market them. So, um, you know, they were 
used and abused just like any other resource in the recording industry and you know it gives a it gives a fairly balanced portrayal i mean there's kind of both sides are presented um and yeah i i quite like this one so yeah good choice what's it called millie vanilli millie vanilli or millie vanilli the documentary okay i'll pivot next um to my choice which is uh, and i'm sure i've recommended this um but not for a while so i'm apologize if uh, you've you've seen this or heard me say this before but um i'm gonna pick the movie drag me to hell mm, which yes. has had a re-release on netflix it hasn't been on netflix for quite some time so if you are a netflix subscriber um go check this movie out now it is an all-out horror movie. This is a terrifying <laughs> experience. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sam Raimi. Uh, he is known very well for the Evil Dead movies particularly, but he also went on to do some more mainstream things, including uh, the Tobey Maguire uh, iterations of Spider-Man. Uh, in the middle of all of that, Spider-Man... Um, he decided to make one for himself, which was this mm-hmm. movie, Drag Me to Hell. It's a balls-to-the-wall, mad, uh, campy horror movie with um, uh, a, <laughs> a just... I won't, I won't even say there's a parable or a message or a lesson. It's got one of the, the, the most annoying heroines or anti-heroines of a movie ever, uh, but it, it's so much fun. It's gleefully campy. It's, um, n- n- you know, nonsensical, but its scares are, are just, they're next level. They're up there with The Conjuring. Yeah. They don't have the sinister um, feel to them that The Conjuring has. It's all done with a, not, with a nudge and a wink. But he is so skillful as a, as a director at kind of creating this instant atmosphere. Like you can be in a suburban, um, you know, living room scene and then suddenly crash bang a noise will happen and you are instantly terrified in fact the first time i watched this i had to watch it on the on the plane and i watched a plane is a great place for me to watch horror movies um you're surrounded by people it's bright light but it still scared the pants off me so drag me to hell by sam raimi on netflix yazdi what you got so uh my my big comfort food during the pandemic was and there's you know I've said this many times, was the Great British Baking Show, which is called the Great British Bake Off in the UK. Uh, It's on Netflix and Netflix has like five different versions of it, you know, children's and celebrities and all this. But But the latest season of the Great British Baking Show is being... Very, very unlike Netflix, one episode released every Friday. I've watched the first seven episodes. I love it. It gives me joy. It makes me feel good about the world. But that is not my recommendation. My recommendation is the movie <laughs> Nocturnal Animals. Um, and if yes, any I of you, I think we are all big fans of it. Huge if you want a movie fan. which is going to shake you and slap you across the face yes. and just visually stun you then this is the movie that you should watch. It has a stellar cast. Jake Joan Hall is in it. Amy Adams is in it. Uh, Michael, Sh- Michael, Michael Sheen? No, Mike- Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon is in it. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful movie. It's just, if, if you make it through the credits at the beginning and yes. not start throwing things at your television, then you're already ahead. But I strongly, strongly recommend Nocturnal Animals. You have not seen anything quite like it. 
Tom Ford also directed a single man with Colin yes. Firth, which is very accomplished. And I think he's only done a couple of movies. I mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything recently. No, I think, I think it's just those, just those two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. why? He, he is such a, a master masterful director both of his uh, both entries on that resume are, are something else but yeah nocturnal animal was i think was close to being my favorite movie of 2016 yeah, mm-hmm. definitely so great yeah. and that opening scene is worth the watch recapping then rashmi yeah. yours was millie vanilli the documentary on uh, paramount plus i had drag me to hell on netflix yesterday you had nocturnal animals on netflix right okay Two movies to talk about today: Poor Things and Next Goal Wins. Is that the order we're going to tackle we're gonna them? We're going to do that. Yep. Gonna, okay, then let's jump right into it. Who's okay. telling us? I am telling you all about Poor Things, and I'm not going to read you the one from Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb because I think it gives away too much. Mm. So I'm literally going to read you the first line and leave it at that because I think the less you know, the better. So from filmmaker Yazdi and one of my favorites, yes. Joe is always hit and miss. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos of uh, Killing a Sacred Deer, Dogtooth, and The Favourite, which won the Oscar a couple of years ago. And The Lobster. And The Lobster. Yay. Um, From Yorgos Lanthimos, which I already said, uh, and producer Emma Stone comes the incredible tale and fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist Dr. Godwin Godwin Baxter. So this stars an incredible, um, this is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. It's produced by Yorgos Lanthimos, Emma Stone, and a whole bunch of others. And it's written by Tony McNamara based on a novel of the same name, um, which came out in 2019. Uh, sorry, no, in a long time ago, right? The, the oh, novel. The, yeah, the novel came out, yeah. Yeah. Apparently this was in production hell for a long time. Hmm. Um, but anyway, stars Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Christopher Abbott, Jared Carmichael, Rami Youssef, and a whole bunch of others. Um, so, Yazdi, this has had a lot of hype. I believe this was one of the favorites at Toronto Film Festival, and it's been getting a lot of um, love as we make our way to the uh, award season. What did you think of Poor Things? Um, I think this movie is not for everyone, but I think it should be for everyone. Um, I, I'm sick of movies which don't offend you, which don't shake you up, which don't visually make you show what cinema can do. Um, and Yorgos Lanthimos has always been an out of the box director. And I think sometimes when he writes his own script, there's a lot of cruelty, which kind of inevitably gets into the script and it becomes hard to watch. Like Killing Off a Sacred Deer is so cruel as a story. It's very hard to watch. Likewise, Dogtooth. But I think here, this, I don't know, this may be one of his first films where he's not working on material he himself has written. And that was also the case with The Favourite. The Favourite was also based on a book. That's right. Um, I think he just leaps off the cliff with this. He's never clearly worked in a fantasy fantasy arena and i think there are two things one is well he, outwardly fantasy i mean outwardly fantasy yeah. i mean i mean there's i mean for if our, if our viewers need a hook this is kind of a gender reversed frankenstein story right kind in a of way, yeah. kind of kind of but so much more than that yeah uh two things one is i think he has access to more money and his previous films by virtue of being low budget he didn't have the money to get very extravagant and boy, give him more money. I mean, visually, please go watch this on a big screen. And then the second thing is he has enough of a reputation now that he has big name actors. 
And these actors jump off the cliff with him in this movie. This movie is going to offend all the people, you know, in the far right. And I couldn't be happier. I love this film. It's one of my favorites. It's going to be in my top five of the year. Joe. Yeah, you could probably tell by the booze that I'm not a huge fan of this director. So, you know, you have to kind of take what I'm going to say about this movie in that context. Um, in particular, um, everything before The Favourite to me was was basically um, unwatchable by me. The lobster killing of a sacred deer, dog tooth. They're all like nails on a chalkboard. They're, they're literally like, ugh. No, don't <laughs> listen to Joe. <laughs> but I did quite like The Favourite, which I really stopped myself from watching for quite some time and then watched it and you know i couldn't escape all of the the praise that was you know leveled on it at oscar time so you know coming into this movie i'm like well you know his last movie was done without him necessarily writing the story this movie was also done without him necessarily writing the story i love this movie it was fantastic it's so bonkersly uh, it, it's so bonkers and brave and bold and, um, you know, I, I, it took me a while to get to, to this sentiment about it because when I left the movie, I literally left it with a question mark above my head. I couldn't even string together a coherent sentence for the um, press rep that was um, waiting outside for our comments. I was like, I don't know what to make of that. I'm sure it will settle with me in a couple of days, but I really, I can't tell you. I said it looked good and Stone was great in it, but I don't know what to think. But over over the last couple of days, it's just it's just resonated and, and bounced around my cranium all over the place. It's, and it, it is, it's like a, a little atom that's pinging around my brain, kind of making neural connections, bringing it all together, trying to say, what does this mean? What's a, what was this an allegory for? Uh, I don't think I have the answer to that yet, but it, it is, it's visually sumptuous, um, Stone is fantastic in this. Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, uh, they all play their roles with complete commitment and throw caution to the wind. Um, it's it's just it's 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 a it's it's a deliciously um, extravagant, indulgent movie, which I applaud as well. So I really, really like this movie. And I had the complete opposite reaction to you, Joe. No, no, yeah, no, so no, I am, no. I am a complete Yorgos, Yorgos Lanthimos fan and um, always wait with such antis, anticipation. Um, again, I agree with most of what you said in terms of the acting and the production and the costume. The acting is incredible. I mean, write that Oscar nomination for Emma Stone right now. Write that Oscar nomination for Mark Ruffalo and definitely for Rami Youssef as well. I love Rami Youssef. Um, I love that it is a movie that is exploring a woman's ability to have a second chance at life in a sense, right? And it's this unfolding of what it means to be a woman in a man's world in some ways. Mm -hmm. I really like that. What I did, and I, I'm even okay with the fantasticalness of it. What I didn't enjoy was all the nakedness. Rush me. I just, it, it doesn't add anything to me other than it's the kind of corruption of her in a sense. But I just don't think we needed that much. It's a very adult movie. I said, yeah, you know, yes, yes. you were saying how you would recommend it to everybody. I, you will not be able, you have to be no. okay with a lot of nakedness but, and but it's very, should. very, very adult, right? It's very, it's, it's, it's almost a super soft. R movie. Yeah. It's yeah. a soft porn movie. Mm. 
No. Kind of, yeah. There's a lot of nipples. There's a lot yeah, of full frontal. I know. There's a lot of bush. There's a lot going on here. I know, but... I counted like six times we see bush. It's a lot. Okay? Anyway, but that that's by and by. What I didn't enjoy was... I, I didn't understand where we got to. I mean, I understood where we got to in the end, but I di- didn't understand the point of the story. Like, I couldn't connect with it. I understand what he's trying to do, and I understand it's this woman having a second attempt at life, and I understand it's her kind of, you know, the wide lens, the the little circular lens is all about her kind of absorbing the world around her. I love that, but I just didn't get the point of it, and I couldn't connect with that. I think I think the point of it is that any person or in, in, in this case some object which is created in the world yeah. is going to be controlled by the men around it. And that's been the fate of women. Not to not to be too sure. overly simplistic. But she, you know, the Bella Baxter character has to go on a journey of self self-discovery, sexually, deterministically professionally, in every way, uh, spiritually, to kind of get to a place where she can assert herself and be like, I mean, one of the great things about the movie and one of the great things about Emma Stone's performance is the arc you see in her. Yes. She starts with this person yeah, who child. can't even physically yeah, move. She's a, she's a child. She can't talk. Yeah. To, and I'm not giving anything away. In the last in the last scenes of the movie, she's reading a book. So she, she comes full circle. Right. So for me, that's the point of the story. Is right. That about, you know, the whole Frankenstein story is about somebody making something and then everybody trying to control it. And it's the same story here is that all the men in her life, in good ways or bad ways, want to control her. They want to protect her. Right. And she has to learn on her own. Or exploit her. Yeah, very much so. Or exploit her, yeah. Which So I I like that. And I... My thinking is we, we... we watch heads explode on screen. We watch in John Wick movies, you know, a hundred people get decapitated. That to me is far more shocking than Nipples and Bush. Why? I mean, that, I mean, I love the movies of the 70s. I think what the Republicans have done, sorry, I'm going to take names, what the Republicans have done <laughs> with, you know, with Ronald Reagan and now recently with Donald Trump is they have said all Hollywood is bad. All they're interested is in nudity. I'm like, bring on the nudity. Why are we so ashamed of it? Yeah, but yes, and, and I and I agree with what you're saying about the, the, the story and the journey, and I get that. But what, I guess to me, the nudity, it's... It's not in service of the story. It, we don't need to... It's, there's a lot. I'm just saying there's a lot of uh, it. Okay, I'm gonna, and for me, it, yeah. it takes away from the movie and it doesn't add sure. anything. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be down the middle here. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's a lot of flesh in this, but that's that's Yorgos Lanthimos being... Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like um, like a, a Lars von Trier. It's, it's there to some way to shock and offend, right? It's to get yeah, your yeah, attention. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's there with artistic merit. Do we need as much as we get? No, I think there could be... Um, sure. There could be a PG-13 version of this movie uh, that is equally impactful and empowering in terms of the story. But I do think that there's... Um, it, it's not gratuitous in, this, in the way that you're kind of... You know, it's it's not there to titillate, um, or it didn't have that effect on me. I mean, it it it's it's there to kind of um, 
it's part of the texture that he, you know, it's part of the overly yeah. stylized world that he's done. And every scene has like a visual impact. And some of those visual impact is, is, is literally heightened by, you know, some, you know, yeah. naked. And there's some, I mean, it's a very some, brave performance, very, I have to say. Not only that, but I mean, you know, the, 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 the in the middle of the movie, there's a, a, a scene in Paris where it's just very like, you know, it's it's in your dis- face. It's, yeah, it's but it's it's there to almost it brings that disgust in Correct. you. Correct. It's it's meant to in the audience feel very strongly Viscerally. that somebody's being exploited. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I think, so I think it's successful. I mean, sure, they could have done with a little bit less, but I also think this movie is as much about her sexual liberation as it is about so you know so i think for me it was like it's part of the whole thing yeah 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 i'm I'm, i guess i'm disappointed could have done better that's that's where i am yogos lanthimos could do better (laughs) and this is i think my favorite movie of his wow Um, you know I, i think you know the the favorite was had had some great moments but oh, it didn't fa- it didn't fantastic. really work you know holistically i i like that other movies are just found completely impenetrable and stylistically style over content they they had a message they had a parable but it was all done with like you know um obscure metaphors see and that's how i exactly felt about this one it's that, so strange yeah the metaphors here i think are a bit more it's a, it's a bit more face value there is a story here that a you know I could latch on to mm-hmm. a very a, linear story a very very right and that's I struggle with um, these kind of abstract concepts that are in his other movies where I can't piece it together I get frustrated and I'm like maybe I'm just not smart enough for this and then I fold my my arms and kind of go into a grump for the rest of the movie whereas here um, even though it's <clears throat> it's very odd in its tone right from the get go right like. You know, the, the, the visuals, the use of color and black and white and, and the use of these like very wide angle camera shots that, you know, distort things. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I immediately got my back up, like hairs on the back of my neck were like, OK, style over content. I'm going to check out. But the character of Bella, the people around her, the, the setup um, just kind of drew me in. Mm. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then. The story was simple enough for me to latch on to. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, I went on its journey with it. I also like the visual aspects of it. I mean, part of it does feel like a fairy tale. Like, it is. I like, I like how it's, yeah, I like, like how it's There's filmed. a part which is shot in Paris, which looks a little bit like present day Paris, but there's a part which is shot in Lisbon, supposedly, or it's set in Lisbon, which doesn't feel like there are like things flying overhead and it just feels like you've stepped into Alice in Wonderland. Yes. And it's... I have not seen Lanthimos do that before. And yeah. it's exactly, it. it's even the, the music gets so discordant Correct. at some times. He, I mean, he is a provoca- provocator. I mean, he wants to provoke you. He wants to shock you. He wants you to feel, to squirm in your seat. And yeah. I think he'll always be that. And I kind of appreciate that. Okay. And it was very, very funny. It was, it was funny. funny. Yes. It was, it was some, some of it was very, very funny. Like, very, just the, 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 the cutting wittiness uh, mm-hmm. you know it's like a biting satire of, of so many things but um it it's done with with knives right it's it's funny and it stabs at you and yeah you feel stabbed but you still laugh yeah so yeah so give it a score oh goodness i mean uh, it it's high enough to to get my nine 
Um, wow. I'm going to roll it back to an eight simply because I'm still unpacking it. And so I think it's, it's you know, it's kind of like one of those, um, you know, you know, those uh things that come dehydrated those towels and you put water on them and they start to puff up or a mushroom you know, uh it's it's expanding, yeah, it's expanding yes within, wow. within the confines of my brain every time i kind of come back to it or think about it or um you know see a you know i'm just on the rotten tomatoes page here looking at a thumbnail and i'm like Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I just I'm, noticed, I really a, like noticed a photograph where they show Bella playing the piano and on the ceiling is an ear. We didn't even mention like the strange animals running around and all of the production. Yeah. But yeah, super production. Good, really good stuff. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. Yazdi. Yeah, I'm just tired of movies which take their audiences for granted. I mean, there's a place for that. And, you know, I don't want to watch the Marvels, maybe I will. But, you know, I, I don't want to watch the 46th Marvel entry about superheroes finding... It's, you know, this movie makes me judge other filmmakers more critically because yeah. he is so out there. He's really pushing your buttons. Visually, this is just amazing. I f it, it feels like a trip. It feels like, you know, you... you you know, somebody mixed your drink and, and you know, <laughs> and, and you stepped into this other world and... Again, these actors, I have not seen Mark Ruffalo be this funny in such a long time. I mean, his his timing and his he is he's in on the joke, but he's still committed to it. Yeah, um, except he had a terrible British accent. Oh, was that a British accent? I didn't even realize. But so for me, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I'm in awe of people who are breaking the mold. This one just breaks the mold all over the place. I loved it. It's a nine out of 10 for me. Wow. It's one of the best films of the year. I it's can't trippy. wait to watch it again. So yeah. I'm I at, cannot. like I said, Yorgos Lanthimos could do better. I was at a five out of 10, but Ooh. after listening to you both, I will give that an additional um, digit and make it a six <laughs> out of 10 for me. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Because you loved yeah. his direction. I yeah. love him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's move on then quickly because we do have a curfew today. We're yeah, going to yeah. be eating sushi with our friends. Um, so let's move on to the movie Next Goal Wins. So Yazdi. So the great Australian director Taika Waititi, who has made many films, including Jojo Rabbit and The Hunt for the Wilder People and so many others. He has multiple shows right now on HBO and whatnot. Keeps winning the awards. Yes, Uh this is his latest movie. Uh, it's called Next Call Wins. And uh, very unlike for him, it's based on a true story of the infamously terrible American Samoa soccer team known for a brutal 20, uh, 2001 FIFA match that they lost 31 to 0 and what, <laughs> what happened afterwards. Um, this is directed by Taika Waititi and the writing credits is Ian Morris and Taika Waititi and the film stars um, Michael Fassbender, uh, uh, Oscar Knightley, Kai Mena, David Fain, Rachel House, uh, and Taika Waititi himself makes an appearance. Will Arnett and Elizabeth Moss are also in this film. What do you guys think of Next Goal Wins? I love this movie. This is so, <laughs> this is so cute and so earnest. And I'm so happy to see Fassbender doing some comedy for once. Um, he's also in The Killer, which just released on Netflix. Um, this is a completely different Fassbender to his normal, normal self. Um, I love, look, I love Taika Waititi. What We Do in the Shadows, Jojo Rabbit are some of my favorite movies and, and shows. Um, I think this is just a very sweet movie that reminded me of those Australian movies like Muriel's Wedding, Strictly Ballroom. It has that kind of, not homemade, 
but it's a, a movie about a very specific group of people and it's done really well about those group of people. And I want to go now to this um, American, yeah, American Sam Samoa. Samoa. Samoa, yeah. Just, I, I fell in love with the people and I fell in love with the place and I fell in love with this movie. It took my heart. Um, sure. All right, I'll go next. Um, yeah, you know, Taika Waititi, um, while I enjoy some of his movies, he can rub me up the wrong way with his kind of smug um, mm -hmm. very kind of self-assured humor. He's got a very specific brand of humor, which is great. But I do get a little tired of it. I mean, it's what elevated Ragnarok from the mess of the rest of the Marvel Universe at the time. And it was wonderful to see uh, something with that that kind of um, bizarro, um, you know, very uh, specific flavor of humor. And what we do in the shadows, again, uh, very smug um you know, I was, you know, there's a sense of irony throughout Taika Waititi's humor that that constantly works. Uh, what I'll say here is that this movie really works for me as well. Now, I am a sucker for this stuff. It, I'm a sucker for anything sports related and I'm a sucker for the underdog story. And I'm a sucker for, um, you know, Michael Fassbender doing anything vaguely comedic. And it was really funny to see him here in contrast to a podcast or two ago as the killer. Uh, see Fassbender doing comedy here. So this movie has lots of faults, lots of flaws. It's very easy to give it a kicking. I think critically I see it has gotten a kicking with a 51% rating on the tomatometer, but um, I actually had a lot of fun with it. But I will say that it's not good. It has full, it has a lot of problems. Uh, it, it's just, I, it, it did tickle me uh, and I must admit I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like your best friend bringing a crappy dish to your potluck. Ooh. It was like, really? it's a bad film. It's no, Yesti, leave the it's table. It's a bad film. <laughs> it's, what is it? I mean, I know it's based on a real life story, but I'm sick of, you know, the main character being so hung up because their child died. That's a bad cliche now. And it's like every other sports movie. Tell me one thing Taika Waititi does here, which elevates the sports movie genre. Nothing. Not a thing. Uh, not a thing. Not and my a thing. thing is, I mean, it's a sweet movie. It has heart. I can recommend it to everybody. I'll give you that. But I've already forgotten about it. And it commits the biggest crime, I think, which is that you hire an actor, like such as Elizabeth Moss, and then give them the supporting wife role. She's, <laughs> oh my God, I was like, what are you doing to her? Anyway, I, it's okay. It's a film. Did, it's did a the film. jokes work for you? They did. I smiled. I, I, I laughed. all the way through this. And I, I heard you giggle so much. I giggled, but I, I came out yes, already. Yes, so you never laugh. I know. But <laughs> and I, it made you laugh. But I've already forgotten about it. It's it's so, it, it should not even be released in cinemas. It should be, a, you know, a, a movie on Netflix. No, I, look, I mean, I think. There's nothing visually acting, I script. the story. None of it. it reminded me of the Cool Runnings type thing. where Yeah. I, the cool I, Runnings I, is so fun. Sure, sure. But it reminded me of that same kind of, you know, story where a hopeless band of of um people who would never have any business being in an international level playing at international level soccer or you know jamaican bobsledders like the the, the concept is hilarious it, it it had the heart to kind of tell their story in a way that i think was respectful and i, I loved that they flashed up the real people yes, this is a story exactly. that needs to be told and i think if you tell it in in any other way it doesn't kind of get across the irony and that's that's Waikati, Waika, Taika Waititi's <laughs> brand. Waika Tahiti. That, that, that's his brand right the yeah. irony the irony that this 
bunch of ne'er-do-wells yeah. can eventually get themselves to a place where they can win a game at international level. You know, granted, they're not playing against Germany or England or one of the great soccer nations. But they got themselves to win a game at international level with hopeless resources and it, yeah. zero talent. Look, it's not That's smart. fun. It's not a smart... No, it's, it's not, not smart. I completely agree. It's, it's not fun. smart. Yeah. It's not, It's not. you know, war and peace. It's not as clever and metaphorical as, you know, poor things. But it's so... This is a, this is a movie I would recommend to everyone to watch with their family over the holidays. Absolutely. Everyone will have so much fun. Yes, you didn't find the... That stuff no. funny. Oh my god, it was hilarious. <laughs> no. It was hilarious. I mean, the transgender, I, I, the transgender sorry, story, the But there is there is a 2014 documentary of exactly the same name which tells this actual story. I want to watch that. Right? So clearly there is a one hour and forty seven minute documentary called Next Call Wins that clearly this movie is based on. Yeah. I want to watch that. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to give this a seven out of 10. Okay, okay I'm, I'm going to tell you. pooping on it. No, but I, I expect more from Taika Waititi. He seems to have sold his soul. Like he did that horrible love, some, no, Thor, Love and Thunder. That was horrible. Oh, and yeah, that was he's horrible. Kind of like, is he available to the highest bidder to just run any movie he wants he's, to, no, they want him to cute. make? Yes, he, no, he, he is a victim of his own brand. Correct. He, you hire him because he does this. Yeah. But every single line of dialogue in this movie, I heard through Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi's voice. Yeah. It, you know, he could have done a, a one-man show or a podcast doing all these voices, even the cutaway scenes to like a bar where they're watching football and you see some old grandma yeah. you know, do an expletive. Um, you know, that's that's his voice, his script. He probably coached her on how to say it. He edited it so that she said it the way that he would have said it. You know, it is him. Yeah. Through every, even Fastbender, right? Yeah. Isn't that every sports movie? I love That's the twist YTT, and I love the twist. YTT movie. So I love the little twist. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you after. There's a cute little twist in the middle and you're like, oh, that's why he's the way he is. And it's done so well. It's a really good, like, reveal. But Which that's he actually gave away earlier on in the in his. Oh, I didn't hear you so give that. Oh, I, oh, I, I, might, oh, oh. I might bleep that just because yeah, I think, I that's, think that would be fun. That, that's an important element for the movie I to agree. work for me. It is, but it's such a cliche. It's a cliche. I know, but it's based on reality. I know this actually happened to the sports actor. It, but it's a cliche. But it also was not obvious to me. It wasn't obvious to me either. That's what but I'm that saying. Ha- it was a great I, reveal. I, I actually had a, like a... That, <gasps> me too. Okay. I know, but that happened to Sandra Bullock in Gravity. That happened to George Clooney in 10 movies. I'm bleeping all of this. Okay, yeah, bleep. I was going to bleep, bleep, bleep <laughs> this. Know, yes, yes, they stop. Initial, no, like, stop. It's, it's just so disappointing. <laughs> okay, a, give it, us your score. It feels that, a little lazy. It's, yeah. it's a... Six and a half hours. No, you 10. said it was a seven. You said you're going to give it... Very grudgingly. No, I'm going to actually reduce it to six. It's just... It's, it does nothing for cinema. It does, you know, it's, it, it should be, you watch it on Netflix. I think, Grumpy, yeah, it's yeah, Scrooge. Gonna, because, because. You're not coming to sushi, Yasti. Be, because I watch Yorgos <laughs> Maybe Lanthimos. Maybe he's hungry. It is because I watch Yorgos Lanthimos that I'm critical of Taika Waititi because he should do better. So he I. He can do better than this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to cut Yasti off now. Um, I'm going to give this a seven. Um, I actually enjoyed this more than Poor Things. Wow. And yeah, I'm I'm gonna give this an eight just because I had fun. I am a I am a sucker for a soccer movie, and I'm sucker for a sports movie, or a sucker for a sucker. Um, movie. And if I can eventually get my tongue 
untied, I will be able to say Taika Waititi right. But yeah, it it was fun. I, I like this one. But it's not a good film. It's not a good film, but yeah. it's one of those. But bad it's fun. It's, yeah, fun. it's fun. It's fun. Exactly. It's that debate that yeah. we had very early on in Movie Wallers, which is can something be bad and you still like it? And yeah, this is of course. exactly one of those. One hundred percent agree. It's not a great movie, yeah. but it's super fun. Yes, agreed. And on that note, we're going to wrap up rapidly. So next podcast will be coming to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Movie Wallers as always. A goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. <laughs> <laughs>